This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. You're listening to the Fantrax Radio Network. Fantasy Sports lives here. What's up, everybody? This is the Fantasy World Order podcast presented by Fantrax Radio. <laughs> I'm Joe Saunders, and with me laughing because I'm an idiot, is Nick Ligatino. <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start already. Yeah, we, we are off to a great start indeed. What's going on, dude? Nothing much. I'm happy to be here without Pat. It's going to be a good night. Yeah, he's getting interviewed too right now. So he's probably got like a nice six-hour interview about fantasy baseball. He's probably loving it. Nice. All right, so uh, we'll just start off quickly with some news and notes. Um, so the big news is Kopech uh, goes under the knife with Tommy John. That's a big blow. Um, he's out for, obviously, the rest of this year, and he'll probably miss a good portion of next year. Um, Sean Manaya needs shoulder surgery, and uh, he'll also be out the rest of this year and possibly most of the 2019 season. Um, after the surgery, the A's will know more about his future for 2019. Um, and lastly, Gregory Polanco, he had surgery for his dislocated left shoulder after being shut down for a bone bruise in his left knee. Nick, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Where are you drafting Gregory Polanco at all next year? Well, you know I'm not a Gregory Polanco guy at all. I know. He had a good year, though, all told. He had a good year. He had the swing change. That's all fine and dandy. Um, but... ADP-wise, uh, he'd become attractive to me probably uh, around the 115 overall mark. So 115. Maybe 115, 120. So, what so is that's that like, like ninth? No, 10th. Yeah, I guess the 10th-ish round. I Honestly, I probably still wouldn't bite um, – I, I'm just not a fan of the player. I don't, I don't know what to say. He's been inconsistent throughout his career. And like I said, we've been waiting for this breakout. And he, yeah, he had some pop this year, but 12 stolen bases. It's just, it's not great. It's good. It's not great. It's it's not great. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think the 10th round's a good place. Um, and it's another one of those things where it's like roster construction, right? Like if you have a lot of, if you have a lot of variability and you kind of want to just bank 10 or so steals and at least 10 home runs, something really unsexy might pop off to like 2010 or 2015 or something like that. Blanco is like kind of your guy. I don't know if there's much upside. I know Pat will probably well, no, mark I, on how he thinks there's more upside than that. And but, let me just say, I think there is a lot of upside uh, with the changes he made, especially if you look at the stat cast. Um, the launch angle is crazy. He generates good bat speed. So, I, I like. I would not be surprised to see him next year hit 30 home runs. This is more of a personal bias I have against the guy because I've owned him a lot in the past. But um, you know, from an analyst perspective, looking at this with, with a clean slate, I do think there is still a lot of upside with Polanco. Like, I think he could be a 30 home run bat, and he could steal 15 bases and possibly hit like 250. Well, when were were the home runs split evenly? 
Uh, I mean, he, I guess he's slow. Yeah, he slowed up a bit in the second half. And he had a monster July. I mean, which is all possible because of the swing change. I mean, you said this, the stat cast data was good, too. Um, he's I don't a, know. He's at a 20-degree launch angle right now. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, he, and, he, and he hit 22, like, two years ago, like, without the swing change. You know, so I think that I think I would not be surprised to see a thirty home run season. Sure, I guess I guess if he plays a whole season, he could squeak out thirty home runs. Like yeah. if he gets another six hundred fifty-two at bats, like in twenty fifteen, I guess I guess I'm with you there. I mean, he paced out for it right now. Yeah, it's 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 possible. Yeah, so I mean, there's probably a good chance that he won't even make it to the tenth round then, and then you're out. Yeah, he's just right now on this pod for me. He suffers from Brandon Belt syndrome because we try to predict his breakout every single year, and it doesn't happen. Sure. Okay. All right. So we're going to do uh, random players again, uh, like you had talked about a couple of podcasts ago. Um, so we're mostly going to cover guys that disappointed relative to their ADP coming in or just other random guys. And we'll be talking a lot about where we think they might go and where we might take them. And this is really, really early. It's only September. So we're probably going to miss on a lot of these where predictively their ADP is going to be, but let's start. So we got first up with Kyle Seager. So two years in a row, uh, the batting average has plummeted, and now we only hit 20 home runs. Granted, the season's not over, but is Seager past the days of being a value? And with an ADP of 140 or the 11th round last year, I think. Yeah, last year. Is Seager inside or outside the top one, 200 next year? Uh, I think he's outside the top 200. Um you know, the bottom line is, I think when people do draft prep, um, a glaring number, I think that always stands out, is batting average. Like, people are really turned off by sub-220 batting average. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's – even if he had 10 steals right now and he was 2010, it, it still would would hurt his value so much, you know, having that sub-220 average. Um but do I think there's still value in Seager? Uh, yeah, I, I actually do. Um, because I, I don't want to keep mentioning StatCast tonight. No, no, do it, do it. But, you know, the launch angle is over 18 degrees. That He is generating bat speed. He's almost at 90 miles per hour. Um, so I do think that there is some, some uh, pop left in the bat. He did, you know, uh, hit a career low BABIP of 240 over the 216 average. Um, but you know, there are no excuses for, he, he walked less. He struck out more. The OBP was 268. Yikes. That's awful. That's real bad. That's, that's the real worrisome number for me. But, um, you know, I've always, I've always liked Seager. He's been just absolutely consistent over the last five or six years. Um, so I'd bet on him to, to, to come back and, I would definitely bet on the average coming up a little bit. Um, as far as the pop goes, I think he's I think he's an easy like twenty two plus bomb guy. But but I, I still like the value and I would take him. See, so the thing that pops out to me with Seager is the the contact scores or the contact rates, right? The the in the zone contact is just eighty seven and a half percent, which is not really bad, but it's not excellent. The year before it was eighty seven point four percent, and then in his peak, right from like 2011 on, from 
2011 and 2016, they were all above 91%. Um, I'm sorry, in 2012, it was 90, but all above 90%. So I wonder if he's just losing it a little. Um, to drop down like two and a half, three, 3% in zone contact, I mean, those are the pitches in the zone that you got to be able to catch up to, typically fastballs, right? So um, I wonder if he's, if he's just losing it a bit. And he swung more at more pitches in the zone too. So it's not, it's not like an, a recognition problem. It just might be a bad speed problem. Um, the other, the other take on Seager too is that he benefited a lot from being pretty good in a suppressed environment. So like 2014, 20, 2013, right with WRC plus scores of like 116, 127, right. But he just went 22 and 10 and 22 and nine and 25 and seven, right. They're not super sexy, they were good because no one was really putting up offense in those seasons. So now, even with 24 home runs, and even if he's at 260, sure, it's serviceable, but is that like really any better than Travis Shaw? Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think he'll be outside the top two. Maybe, maybe outside the top 200. Maybe he'll just be right inside. He'll be right around there, though, because at 140 last year, that was coming off a 27 homer season and two, 250 average. So, I don't know. He's probably going to fall quite a bit. Well, and listen, and just keep in mind one thing. Like, um, the first half this year, he hit 16 home runs in the first half. Wow. So, he had he had 16 at the break. And he's hurt. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He played through a fractured big toe. He, he broke his toe in uh, late June. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he played through – he had a sore hip uh, here and there, like, throughout the season. So, you know, it definitely could have played a part. I, I mean, fractured big toe um, on, June tw- on, on June 29th, and up until the end of June, he had, like I said, he had 15 home runs. He had 15 at, on June 30th, and after that, he hit only another seven. So that could have sapped his power along with a lingering um, sore hip. Yeah, the killer, though, is like he was still only batting 233 in the first half. Yeah. Um, which is a problem. And again, I don't think it's all BAPIP related. Like the fact that he's not hitting pitches in the zone as well is a problem. I mean, that's what we saw with Goldschmidt, right? But Goldschmidt mm-hmm. was able to kind of write the shit. But at the beginning of this year, for two and a half, three months, Goldschmidt just couldn't catch up to fastballs for whatever reason, and he suffered. Yeah. You got to be able to hit the fastballs. I know, but Seager's not like going to start losing bat speed and not like he's only thirty. Sure, like he's not going to. Uh, like I, I definitely, I, I bet on him coming back next year. In a, I'd still consider him to have a safe floor next year. Well, well yeah, and like if he's going around two hundred, I'm totally like that's a good price. Oh, what I doubt if you punt because, third, yeah. Yeah, and if, like, okay, if he busts, then whatever, right? It's not really a loss, a huge loss at that price. But if he if he cashes in, then, you know, he's giving you 260 and, like, 28, 29 home runs. Yeah. All right, let's go on to Joey Votto. So while the on-base percentage and batting average are still excellent or pretty good, um, Votto has only 11 home runs and has missed some time with knee injuries. So what's the early outlook on Votto for next year? And where are you still interested and when are you not interested anymore? 
Um, well, we spoke about it last night and we were all giggling like little kids thinking of the thought of Votto like slipping to the third, fourth round because, you know, he may, he, with the year he's having, you, you put that together with the age and we all know age bias in fantasy is a huge factor in ADP. Like he might, might really be in the fourth round next year. I think he will. And for guys like us, for anyone out there who knows what they're doing, like we're gonna, it's there's no we're not letting him, we're not letting him get past three. We're not. Let, I'm taking him in round three. I'm not even thinking about it. I don't yeah. care about my team construction. I don't care if I kept two first basemen and I don't have the room for him. I'm still taking him, um, because he's Joey Votto and he's probably the most disciplined batter uh, of the generation. Oh uh, yeah, he's out there. Uh, yeah. Legit. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 like one of the best hitters in the generation for sure. But but there there definitely are some you know negatives to the year, and like you said, there were some injuries. But the bat speed is an issue. I mean, he's down to eighty eight miles per hour, which is below league average. Um, the launch angle is at thirteen point four, which is just just a hair above league average. Um, so the stat cast is a bit worrisome. But um, I know you said that he choked up in the bat a little bit more this year. I don't know what the reasoning for that was. It was if it was because he was trying to shorten his swing because he had the injury, but well, the, he I, had the injury late. Um, yeah. And I, again, I, what I said to you yesterday is, I think he was, I think he was anticipating being slower than he was, um, and he's still able to handle the bat well. So I think just recently, like within the last week or so, he mentioned that. Um, you know, he finally figured out what that tweak was that he had to make. And then he goes off and hits two home runs and one's a grand slam. Right. So that's very Joe, Joey Votto esque. He's done that his whole career. There's been points in his, in his seasons when he's like, okay, I've figured out what mechanically I have to do to make a change. And he makes that change and then he pops off. Um, this year might be a little bit later, but yeah, I'm with you. I think round two, I would not take Joey Votto because I think the talent there will still be still be greater than maybe what Votto might – not what Votto might give, but given that his floor is now a lot lower than we thought, um, I think round two might be a little bit too rich. But yeah, round three or round four, I feel very comfortable taking I- I still don't really think round two is too rich. At the, I'm saying the end of round two. Um, sure. It's just relative because I think – I feel very comfortable that I'd be able to get him in round three, right? Maybe not in, in a room with you, myself, and Pat, Yeah. right? But in any given yeah. room, I think once the ex, the rest of the experts start drafting and his ADPs are round three or four, no one's going to feel like they have to reach. And then you we can reach in round three, you know? Well, it's the everyone likes the opposite. They want the young guys. They want to be the guys that took the breakout young kid. Um, and guys like you know me, you, and Pat will sit there and just be so happy to take David Ortiz year after year and take Paul Conerco when he was getting older and all these guys who produced later in their careers year after year after year. With Votto, though, another thing to look at is like so. So the injury came came when like what's late. Uh, it was like the beginning of August, I think. Oh, all right. So that's really late. Okay. I thought it was a little bit, a little bit earlier than that. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. There's, there's no way he gets traded, right? No. I mean, what's his contract even like? Oh, it's, oh, it's through 2023. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't it's like so. $900 million. It's like, I mean, unless the only way he'd get traded is if, uh, if they tank again. 
Because he tanks again. Sorry. I was just thinking like earlier. I was like, man, like Votto would be the perfect fit on the Angels. Yeah. Like remove Pujols, put Votto, and oh my god. The 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 thing is always like the Reds have a weird weird window right now, right? The offense is like. It's good. really good. It's really good. It's the pitching staff is awful. It's absolutely horrendous. But they've, I mean, well, no, Castillo's been good lately. He's been yeah. really, really, really good, actually. Like, like exceptionally good. Yeah, but there's, like, no one else. There's, like, no one else. Well, that's why they should start thinking of a trade. Yeah, I guess. I guess. All right, let's, let's move on to another first baseman, uh, Cody Bellinger. So after lighting it up in his rookie season and hitting 39 home runs, Bellinger has been largely a disappoint, disappointment, hitting only 22. So same question as everyone else. Early outlook on Cody Bellinger. Last year, his ADP was 27th. If his ADP sits in the fifth round, so like around between 48 and 60, are you interested? Um, well, and do you think that's a good prediction? It's tough to gauge, honestly, like where he'll go. Um, I think the prediction is about right. What did you say overall? I said uh, between 48 and 60. He might go a little bit earlier than that. Yeah, but that sounds about right. It sounds about right. Um, But I'm – yeah, I would be be interested in Bellinger. I would take the shot on a guy who's got just absolutely insane, insane – uh, bat speed, or at least it looks like he has insane bat speed. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, you know the team is really good. The 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 counting shit stats should be there, even though they weren't this year. Um, but you know he doesn't strike out much. He walks a lot. There's a lot of good things. He's still really young. I think he's only what 23 years old. Yeah. Um, I, I like the price, but there are so many other younger talents that I like that are going to be going around that area. Um, it, he would have to fall into my lap in order for me to take him. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's, it is hard to walk away. I mean, he'll probably get right up to or around 25 home runs. So even on a, in a down year, quote unquote, he's still going to go 25, 11 and bat 260 with the solid on base percentage. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, there's, there's gotta be something to say about how poorly, the Dodgers started off this year. I mean, every single one of them was awful, right? So he got off to a slow start too. Um, and I do think he's got more than 25 home run pop. I mean, I don't know if he's 40 home run pop, but he can very easily sit comfortably in like the 31 to 32 home run per year. Like that's his, that's probably his skill level. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, I think if it, I think even if he's in the fourth round, I'm comfortable taking it because Again, even in a down year, he was still all right, and he chips in with the the steal the steals. Um, so yeah, the the more I think about it, though, the more I think that there's a chance that Cody Bellinger goes in front of Joey Votto. Mm, yeah, in like ADP. Yeah, definitely. It's not like it's not just a down year. It's it's the age with Votto and the and the batting average decline. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up we got second baseman, Brian Dozier, another Dodger now. So 
a guy who we thought might be able to turn it around um, in his standard second-half fashion, but his move to L.A. never really turned it on. Um, with a completely sunken batting average and only 20 home runs to his name, will Dozier be a good buy-low on draft day, or are you out? Yeah, were no. you in? Were you in this year? Uh, I was in, just not at the price. Um, I know me and Pat were like fighting over him. Yeah, I, no. I, listen, I I was in, um, but not uh not as high as you guys. I'm just I've never really been. I've owned Dozier before, and um, he's. I'm not saying that he's uh, not a good fantasy player. He definitely is. I mean, 42-18 a couple of years ago, 34-16 last year, but. Like I've been saying with him, I think that the batting average is a complete shot shot in the dark. Uh, you really can't bet on where it's going to be. It's been so up and down since 2013. Um, you know, he's a career 246 hitter. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just he's a t- when he gets cold, he gets really cold, when, and he's the type of guy when he gets hot, he's absolutely insane. One of the best <laughs> yeah. players in baseball. Um, so I'm always afraid that the, the cold streak is going to last a little too long. And that's what happened this year. He just never found it. And he finished with a, you know, a bad Ian Kinsler line this year, 2011 with a 219 average. But as far as the price goes, uh, ADP wise, what do you think? He'll, what do you think he'll be next year? Well, so he was like in round two or three last year. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, he was probably closer to round six or seven, um, yeah. right? Because I think that year I got him right around there, like six or seventh. So it, it was actually probably even a little bit later, like seven or eight. We have forty-eight players off the board. Um, I imagine that he'll probably go. Uh, he'll probably what's eighth? Like a hundred? He'll probably be in like like what you said before, like 115th or so. <laughs> 120. Yeah, how could you ever even think about it? I don't think he'll be that far at all, honestly. You I don't? Think, no. You think he'll be like 7th? Seventh? 7th round? Well, that's like... I think he'll be maybe like... That's like 80th. Like, yeah. Yeah, all right, like 7th round maybe. He's having a... This is a bad year. I mean, 2011-2019 is really bad. Yeah, but, I mean, there's not like... There's not like a lot pointing to anything in particular being off either. Yeah. Like he's not popping out a ton. He's still hitting hard contact. He's his um his contact in general looks like it's in line with what it's been. His chase rate's down. His swing strike rate's down. Um yeah. he he's not he's not the type to make a lot of contact in general, and he's not stat cast darling with exit velo, but he's never been. Um, I mean, his his highest exit velo ever is 87.5 miles an hour, but he's just always a launch angle guy. Yeah. Um, and he's 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 expressed too that he's a launch angle guy. Like he he's cognizant of the fact that he sometimes has has to lift the ball. Um, I mean, I think even in the seventh round, I'm still interested, right? Because now the the downside's kind of baked in. Um. I was interested last year, right, in round three. So I'm definitely going to be interested four rounds later. Yeah, they the only the only issue is with LA is like they have zero tolerance, zero patience. So like if he's struggling, he moves to the back of the lineup. And well, he's not on a contract. Oh, okay. So yeah. that that is part of the equation too, right? Where he lands, mm. 
right? Like if he lands in the middle of the Brewers lineup, which is a possibility, right? Because they'll oh probably God. need a second baseman. I mean, we said, oh, my God, when he went to the Dodgers, though, too. Yeah, but the Dodgers, the Do- when when he went to the Dodgers, we didn't necessarily say, oh, my God. We said, uh, this is just a squeeze for everyone not named Machado. True. Right? And that's still true. Right? Any, any, anyone not named Machado. Well, well how much, be... what, what do you think he, what do you think he gets paid next year? Uh, I mean, well, he screwed himself this year. This, yeah, this is rough. I mean, he was getting paid five, $5 million a year. Wow. He could, God, if he would have had one more big year, he would have got big, big money. Yeah. Well, he was, he signed the contract. So it was 2015 and 2018. Wow. He's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not going to be very good because he doesn't have excellent defensive ratings. And he's coming off a bad year, so he might have to take a one-year deal sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, so next guy we're talking about is another first baseman, but he hasn't really had a bad year. Uh, I'm just curious to get your pulse. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it's going to be. but So it's Edwin Encarnacion. So he's done a good job fending off the haters this year, as he just surpassed 30 home runs the other day, while still providing and counting stats, obviously, because the Indians are ridiculous. There's some slight warning signs that the wall might be coming, but he's still done his thing so far. So Edwin's ADP was 57 last year, and I don't know if there's any real reason for it to change significantly as he's had pretty much had a copy of every year ever. So um, are you still in? Yeah, I'm definitely still in. But there, there is reason for it to change. I mean, he's batting 236 on the year. Um and the home run total might be under 35 for the first time since 2014. Um, and he was really, really, really bad in the first half. Uh, which is which is starting to be typical. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely buying Encarnacion again, um, especially – it's definitely a team comp pick. Like, if you need some power, he's definitely the guy to get because he's not going to kill you in batting average. I think the 235 that he's batting right now will come up next year, given a full year in Cleveland. Is he on contract next year? Is he on contract next year? Yes. Okay. So you give Encarnacion a full season at the four spot on this lineup, and he gives you what he did last year and in 2016. He's going to be absolutely money. He's going to be money. And I'm, I'm taking him, like, way higher than his ADP. Okay, well, let me ask you, right? If his ADP is 57, are you taking him there? Yes, definitely. What's that? 12, 12, That's like the middle of the fourth round. Yeah. So you'd take him... Would you take him over Votto? No. Okay. No, I'm taking him Would you him. take him over Bellinger? Uh, yeah, I'm taking him over Bellinger. But I, okay. Listen, because you, you, you know you're locking up 30 home runs. Yeah, see, I think I'm taking it behind both of those guys. I mean, I'm a little bit more – I was a little bit more worried than both of you guys coming into this year, and I'm still a little bit more worried that, right, he's he's whiffing more, he's chasing more, he's, um, he's striking out more. I think those are just small signs that it might be coming. I don't know when it's going to happen, too. But you know it's going to happen like that, right, that he's just going to completely tank one year. And sure, we've been saying that forever, and he's only still going to be 36. I mean, he's the same age as Joey Votto, so why 
why do we give the benefit of the doubt to Joey Votto and not Encarnacion? I mean, granted, they're completely different players, right? Votto's once in, once in a generation, Encarnacion's pretty good. Um, but I don't know. The walk rate's down too. There's just like there's just all those all those discipline signs that I don't know if I'd want to spend a fourth round pick and before Bellinger or Votto. Um, I mean, he was injured, Joe, for a little. Encarnacion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had a he had a DL stint, um, and it was a bicep injury. So sure, sure. The, I guess the other question too I have for you, I feel like I know what you're going to say to this too, is do you like what percent chance do you do you give that both Ramirez and Lindor repeat next year? Um, I mean. Listen, it's gonna be hard to repeat what they're doing right now. Of course, but are they for real? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. and I and I, I, yeah. So I would say, um, he's got to. Con- so my point is though, is like he's get, gonna conceivably take a little bit of a hit to the counting stats. No. Why would he take a hit to the counting stats? Well, if they're not quite as ridiculous as they are this year, the two of them. No, it's still he's still batting behind Lindor and Ramirez. Like he's still gonna get over. I mean, he's gonna. He, this is the one, two, three. He's this is gonna be the fourth street season with a hundred plus RBIs. Yeah, like lock him up for good RBIs. I mean, the runs are way down though. Runs are way down, but give me a hundred RBIs, thirty home runs, and a two fifty average any day in the fifth round. Like lock it up. Okay. Yeah, I mean the the even I know it's only one round, but. Even like something like the sixth, fifth, or sixth round, I'm a little bit more interested than something like the fourth. I think the fourth would be way too rich for me. Yeah, sixty, sixty becomes sexy. Fifth, fifth is is a solid pick. Like fifth is a solid pick. Sixty becomes sexy. Seven is like highway robbery. Oh my god, he's cutting Cassian. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right. Next up, we got a catcher, Buster Posey. So mm-hmm. obviously, a hip surgery is never something you want to hear, especially from a catcher, right? But Posey, while not really spectacular, was having a pretty Posey-esque year, mm-hmm. right? Will the injury make Posey a value on draft day or a risk too great for you to take? And if I had to guess, I'd probably say he's going, like, in between 8th and 10th round. Um, yeah, you know, Posey is going to coast off his name for a long, long, long time. Um, and here's the thing. The power is gone. The power is gone. He's not going to hit 20 home runs again. Never. Never. Um, especially with a hip injury. Especially with a hip injury. But he does give you major value from like a catcher position for a guy to bat 300 plus. There's not many catchers out there. I mean, most catchers bat like 220. Um, but yeah, so he was still seventh on the player rater. He's still seventh on the player rater. Yeah, but, but that's fine. He could be seventh on the player rater. But he had five home runs and three steals. Like, you're getting almost a zero. You know what I mean? And no counting stats. 47 runs, 41 RB. Oh, yeah, the Giants. I don't care about the player rater. That that player rater means nothing to me. You guys bring it up. It's To me, it's completely subjective. I, I don't pay attention to that thing. Um, I look at the stats, and the stats, to me, are just not worth it. Even the eighth, ninth round, I'd rather wait and take a shot on somebody. Like I said before, it is a, a huge value having a catcher who could bat over 300, um, especially like if you spent the first five rounds or you know two of those rounds, you took a guy like Joey Gallo and a guy like 
who's who's another low average hitter? Um, I, I can't think of anyone of him, but let's say a, a Cody Bellinger, a, yeah, Cody Bellinger and Canacion. Let's say you took a couple of those guys. Um, you know, Posey might be a good fit, but still, it, it's a hole. It's a deep hole with, with these counting stats and the home runs and stolen base totals. So I think for me. I would probably start looking at Posey blank slip, blank page, blank canvas um, around the uh, between the tenth and twelfth round. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you because the reason is is like the top catcher any given year isn't going to be significantly better than what Posey's giving you, right? Yeah. So that's 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 a case for Posey. But the argument against him is that I feel like replacement level at catcher, while bad, right, doesn't kill you as much as having like a replacement level shortstop, right? If you if like, for example, this year, right, I had Marcus Simeon who was pretty much a zero, and I got crushed. Oh, everyone's Simeon was going to be so good because, because everyone's got great shortstops, right? Whereas having Wilson Contreras, who I also had, didn't really kill me as much because catchers just aren't really all that good and don't provide that much. So um, I'm with you. I think even like eight to 10, I'd be out even probably like 12. I mean, I, like at that point, just punt, just completely punt. It, de- it depends on what's there, but like, but that's the thing. Like here's an example. Like, all right. So if you punted catcher 10, 11 and 12 roll around, roll around. Now you've got guys like, you know, you have really good, solid closers in those rounds, and those these. Although we don't put emphasis on closers, like these guys contribute. Posey just does not contribute. Yeah. If you're in a head-to-head league and Posey has an off week, not only is he going to provide you with no batting average, he's going to give you no home runs, no steals, no counting stats. That's the problem. If the average isn't there, he's a zero, and I mean like a zero zero. Sure, and. Coupled with that, right now he's a a little bit of an injury risk. Yeah, right. A lot, a lot of bit of an injury risk. Yeah, I mean hip surgery is no joke. So no, it's gonna be it's gonna be you're gonna hear it as soon as spring training starts. Um, you know, Posey feeling good, Posey feeling sore. Blah 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 blah. We're gonna hear all that. It's just and it might push him down to the point where he might be a 14, 15 round pick. But I feel like Posey's the kind of name where I don't know if he ever enters that realm. Although so, Yadier like, Molina did. So. Something, something, like, if he's going that late, then whatever, right? Because then if if he's bad to start, even in batting average, then you just drop him and pick someone else up. You know, if we're talking, like, 14th, 15th. Yeah. But, again, I, I'm with you, right? I think that his name is going to hold a lot of value, and that's why I guess, like, 8 to 10 is probably where he's at. Yeah, like, and you know what? Even if you did take Posey in the tenth round, let's just say it gets up to a slow start, you could still trade him because it's busted Posey. Yeah, some guys just have that that thing going on. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk another first baseman. So Matt Olson, we'll sneak this one in while Pat isn't here to rave about his boy. Uh, so as we know, Olson is a stackhouse darling. Hits a ton of hard contact and looks like a player that has forty home run pop. Yet, this year, the ISO dropped in half, and his 41.4% homer-to-fly ball rate came down to earth to 15.2%. Like, 
all the others we've talked about so far. What's the outlook on Olsen next draft season? And do you think you'll be in? I'm definitely in. I mean, I'm might not be as crazy as Pat is about the guy, but I'm like really crazy about the guy. Like I'm starting to enter the realm of Joey Votto. I'm Joey Votto of Joey Gallo um, without the baggage. So I'm, I'm in, and I would look at, I think his ADP will probably be around like the, I don't know. What do you think? 12th round? Let me look at what it was last year. I didn't pull his up. Um, I'm curious. Maybe even deeper. Like he went, like he had 25 home runs and batted 240. Like, and he's on the A's. So he's going to get the A's discount. Um, the problem is I think analysts are going to be all over him. Like, well, that's, that's what happened last year. Yeah. But it's, I mean, uh, so it was 119 last year. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I, I bet even with the, even with this year where he didn't break out, everyone said, He's still not going to move down that much. I'd probably put him another tw- maybe 20 picks down, like 135, 140. I think that's a huge difference, though. And, like, if he's down further, I'm in, right? The reason I was so out is because I thought that a lot of what people were paying for was 40 home runs because they envisioned that he was going to automatically get there. But, as we saw, he didn't. I'm also with you and Pat and everyone else that he, as I mentioned already, he's got the look of someone that can hit 40 home runs and he looks more composed at the plate than Joey Gallo does, right? Joey Gallo, when he, when he makes contact, he just hits it really fucking far, but he's not, he's not in a well-disciplined hitter. I think Olsen's a much more disciplined hitter. Um, who's just had a little bit of a rough showing this year and the balls just haven't landed over the fence. At 119, though, um, I don't know. All right, so I'm taking him in, like, round nine. Are you more interested in Matt Olsen or Matt Chapman? Olsen. Mm. Like, I, I may even take him in eight because, like, like, this is the kind of thing where I don't even care, like, what he did. I don't care about the stats. I don't care about the stats. I just don't. Like, 94-mile-per-hour exit velo, 19-degree launch angle. Couple that with the fact that he doesn't strike out that much. Like, 24-7 for this kind of power hitter is really good. And he walks. Um, it's it's just waiting to happen. It's going to happen. And he's going to absolutely mash one of these years. And I think it's going to be next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually – you know what? Forty-seven percent hard contact. Nah, the more the more I think about it, the more I think I'm I'm with you, right? I think I said that I said coming into this year, I thought that Olsen would disappoint. Um, and this was like one of the few things I was right on, <laughs> for once. Yeah, Olsen disappointing, but I, I'm with you. I think just another like now he's got a full year, right? He's seen a bunch of pitches, right? In 2017, he saw 216 plate appearances. I mean, that's like, dude, anyone can come up and crush in 216 plate appearances. We saw it with Gary Sanchez when he tore it up. And granted, sure, the year after, he did very well, but he didn't continue the pace. I mean, those paces are ridiculously hard to continue. So I think this that we saw in 2018 is probably his floor. I agree. At least in terms of home run power. 
Yeah, I don't know about batting average, but and, at least in terms of home run power. And he passes the eye test. I think that's the biggest thing here. Oh, without a doubt, he passes. Yeah, the guy is brick shit house. But um, like you said, like you know, now he's seen the pitches and he put a full year in and maintained that walk and K rate while while swinging the bat ninety four miles per hour. Yeah, you know, that's that's really impressive. And to me, he looks like Chris Davis pre. Um, you know, pre twenty sixteen, you know the the twenty seven home run, two forty seven, of course, two forty seven. He's batting two fifty this year. He's got to lose three points, finish two forty seven again. Who's that? Chris Davis. Oh, um, oh yeah, Chris Davis. Oh yeah, with a K. Yeah, with a K. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm all over him. And if you're gonna take the upside on anyone, take it on somebody who's showing all the signs, like. He just hasn't been hitting him out. Everything else is like there. It's just waiting to happen. Are you interested at all in Matt Chapman, though? Yeah, I'm interested in Matt Chapman. Oh, I'm so interested in Matt Chapman. <laughs> I think the both of them, man. Oh, I like want to own one of them next year. I have to own one of them next year. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, owning an A is imperative to winning a fantasy championship. <laughs> that's, that's so that's, true. That's number one. Number two, Chapman is like. Chapman reminds me like of Steven Piscotty, but like with I don't know. I think he could hit like thirty home runs next year. He kind of reminds me of like Kyle Seager, actually. Yeah, but, I could see that. But a better handle of the the zone. Okay. Like that's a good peak. he gets on base. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a better handle of the zone. But yeah, yeah, Kyle Seager is like a, a name. I mean, even the demeanor in the, in the in the uh, in the batter's box, the glove, right? Kyle Seager did have a pretty good glove back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, although Chapman's like out of this world. All right, I digress. So next, uh, let's talk about your favorite pitcher ever, Robbie Ray. Robbie Way. Robbie Way. So Ray's had an up and down season, starting off with low velocity, then getting hurt, then stinking, and just recently getting into a groove and really rolling. He was uh he was being taken twelfth among starting pitchers last year. Where do you get comfortable taking Ray next year? Wow. God. Um so I love Robbie Ray. Right? I mean, come on. This is my this is my guy. This your boy. Uh, this is my boy. He's always been my boy. Um the issue with Wabi Way is he loses the strike zone, <laughs> and right now uh, he's losing it at a at a huge clip. You know, he's walking four point eight eight batters per per nine. Um, but I'm definitely, without a doubt, chalking some of that up to injury. Most of that up to injury. Um, as far as ADP goes, yeah, I think next year he'll be a huge bargain. If, I, I hope that he doesn't continue this onslaught that he's been on lately and finishes with a um a four plus era because that'll knock his adp down even more but the beautiful thing about ray is yeah he came back from the injury he sucked all year blah 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 but he's maintained the k rate so you know if you're looking for k's he's he's an immediate plus if you're in a total k's league you get an immediate boost k per nine whatever um the issue is if you're in a k per nine league you're screwed if you're I mean, whip wise, he's could be a absolute whip bomb night to night. Oh well, God, yes, yeah, absolute whip bomb. But I think that's what, what, something. What we'll see next year is something like a eleven and a half K per nine, which is 
probably where he'll be. The walks, I think, will come down to like low fours. I don't know if he gets under three nine five again, like he did in twenty seventeen, but I think he'll be under four somewhere in that range. Uh, and then he's definitely ownable, and he's he's going to have his blow up starts. And twenty seventeen was a bit lucky if you look at the numbers, um, mm-hmm. but like I project him to wind up like being a four ish ERA guy with really high K per nine and a lot of walks, like Chris Archer esque with more walks. So I, I agree with the assessment, right? The the analysis is spot on. Um, as far as where he goes, right? So. He was going 12th, and I think we talked about this off the air. That's rich. I know. I, we talked about this off the air, though, about how the fantasy community at large loves strikeouts. So how far down do you think he actually goes? Do you think it's like – right? Tanaka was going where, like 25 last year? Yeah, I think, I think Ray will be right around – right between 25 and 30. Maybe even, maybe even just – Post thirty, but if I, he's past thirty, that is a bargain. I think be, I think he'll be at or at just at thirty, like 30, 29, 30, 31, 28, 32, like right around there. There's a lot of pitchers. I mean, listen, it's been a down year for pitching. There's been there's been a lot of young pitchers that have come up, but like when you get to that crop of Porcello, which is in that range, Porcello, Tanaka, um. Who else is over there? Uh, Ryu maybe is over there. Yeah. Um, and like then it just becomes like murky. So yeah, I like Ray over like any of those guys. But still, uh, he, there's no way he makes. There's no way he's top twenty. And top nah, twenty-five no is top twenty-five is still usually pretty good. The, the, I think the the, the drop off is usually at the twenty-five, and he's somewhere just in that drop off. Do you think Snell's going to be in the top ten? Um, dude, he's got under a two ERA. I know, I know. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's something, there's something that people people have a weird um stigma with Snell. I, I I've noticed like it, it's just well, yeah, it's that he walked a lot of guys at one point in his career. Yeah, and because he wasn't really a high, highly touted prospect, and he was really wild, like wildly, wildly wild. Like, dude, I'll never forget gone. that first start. It was against the Yankees, right? I think. I, I think his first start was against the Yankees, and he was just like, you could just like see his demeanor. He was like, yeah, not not all there. But he's 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 become a, a much better pitcher. He's not top ten for me. Really? No. He's got to be just outside, though. Just outside. I still. I still worry about the command. I know, I know he's made some changes, and his breaking stuff is absolutely filthy. Um, but there are just there's still guys that I like better than him that I'd rather go with. Yeah, the, I mean the list is pretty short, though, right? You figure Bauer, Kershaw, Sale, Kluber, maybe Carrasco, Syndergaard, Syndergaard, Degrom. Yep, that's seven. I mean, there's no Verlander, Verlander, there's and uh, Cole. Cole. Did we say Cole already? No. Cole. So that's nine. There's no way you're taking him ahead of any of those guys, right? Nah. Okay. So then we're and we're forgetting probably. Um are you taking him over Granky? Snell, yes. You taking him over Severino? 
Definitely. I mean, he's had the better year. Yeah, but Severino fell apart out of nowhere. Although, oh, am I taking him over Granky? I mean, Granky's been freaking good this year. Dude, we got. He's been stop. like so safe. We gotta stop hating on. I know. Granky. I know. Um, I mean, Severino's kind of falling off the bandwagon now, right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, it's, Severino's still been pretty good. Yeah, he's Severino's stat line is friggin' ridiculous, but yeah, he had like a ten and a half K, K per nine, two two point two walks per nine, and a three and a half ERA. I mean, Which was, like yeah, and a down year is still good. A down year in Yankee Stadium, but you know, a, a down year, a three. If he has, a, if he has a three five two ERA at Yankee Stadium, that's a down year. Then how could you? I mean, I, I get, and, and you know, Snell's still pitching the AL East, like the two. He does. It, the edge is definitely still for Severino. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that the walks were still kind of there for Snell. Right? They're not. They're not gone. They're Where's, just what is he at? Three point one. Yeah, but three point one's nothing. Three point one's nothing. Once you get to like, once you get to three point like five, that's when it starts to become something. Three point one's yeah. nothing. You're basically I'm, three. I'm gonna walk back though. I'm gonna take Cranky over Snow. So yeah, so you're right. Snow's not gonna be top ten. And there's probably I think there's probably still a, a couple of guys that we're missing. Sure. So back to Ray though, real quick. So um. I think if he's in like the, if he's at thirty, he's a he's a bargain. I yep. think he's, if he's at twenty, he's far too expensive. So I'm with you that he's probably going to be somewhere like twenty five to thirty, um, and I think that's a good spot because again, this is in, in in standard leagues too, where you don't have to be so worried about the walks, right? And like a K to walk league or something, he might he's got to get pushed down a little bit further. All right, let's talk another pitcher. We're on the pitching spree now. Madison Bumgarner. So two years in a row, he's gotten hurt. And while the strikeouts and walks are a little bit worse, he settled in at nearly identical ERA of 3.3. There's no way he's going to be taking 15 starting pitching again. But what about 25? Is there value or is it the start of the end for Mad Bum? Oh, there's, there's no way he falls to 25. You don't think so? There's no chance in hell. Because of the name value? <laughs> no chance that this guy goes, like, post-20. There's just absolutely no shot in hell. First of all, the injuries, the, the injuries were fluke injuries. Sure. One. Both of them. Um, yep. Injuries. Uh... The velo is like the same. The velo is basically the same. The stuff is still really good. He's been bad, but he's still rocking at three point three ERA. The K's well, are down. That's what? what I said. What? No, that he's still rocking at like the three point three ERA. Yeah, like, despite it being down, he still kind of worked it out. But right, the walks up, the strikeouts down. That that's got to be concerning, though. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely concerning, but he's coming off a major, major, you know, it's not like, it wasn't like a little injury. He had a serious shoulder injury. He also injured, was it, it was multiple injuries, right? It was shoulder and something else. Yeah. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but, um, you know, it was a long rehab. 
and Madbum is Madbum. Like he doesn't have to rely on velocity. It was never a big factor in his game. He's location, 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 breaking, lights out. Next year, I would easily take him top fifteen. Easily, I, I would. After the guys we named, he's the next guy on the list. I'm taking him over Snell. I'm taking him over Granky. I'm taking him over. You taking him over Granky? Yeah. I don't think I'm taking him over Granky. Without a doubt. Oh, because listen, the difference. The difference is this: Granky's upside right now is like uh, a high, upside, high twos ERA, uh, very good K totals, good ratios, um, good WHIP. That's all fine and dandy. But Bumgarner's upside is like a top five pitcher in baseball. So where do you think he ends up, though? I still think he's going to be a top – definitely within the top 15. Like, I'd put money on it. I'd bet anything. Like, Even that, though – I mean, he was 15th last year. 15 overall? No, 15th starting pitcher. Oh, but that's because he was he was injured. Okay, well, he was injured this year, and now he was objectively worse. Wait, you're saying this year's draft that we just, just happened, he yeah. was 15? 15 starting pitcher, yeah. Yeah, and this year he was worse. But he was coming off a major injury. I know, but he was injured this year. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I know, understand that. So, but now what I'm saying is going into a healthy 2019 clean slate, no dirt bikes, no bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, so he it was uh, he broke his p- finger. So it was a f- he broke his finger and he fractured his shoulder. Well, that was last two years ago. He fractured his shoulder on the dirt bike. Yeah, that was two he, years ago. Yeah, that wasn't last year. Are you sure? That wasn't like that was 2017. Now that it he was 2017, that, he, that was last yeah, so year. Last, last year, yeah, this season he, he broke his finger. Sorry. All right, so yeah, so last year he felt the dirt bike and broke every bone in his body. This year he broke his he broke his finger. <laughs> okay. So. This- it's a lot of it's a lot of broken. Things are broken, and they're gonna and bones are bones heal. No ligaments, no ligament damage. Um, give him an off season next year. It'll be a hot name to target in drafts. Like I said, I'm taking him just outside. I'm probably I might even take him top ten, honestly, somewhere in there. I, I can't think of one of those. No, no way, no well, way. All right, fifteenth, fifteenth, I could buy, and fifteenth, you can actually sway me. All right, I can I can see the argument for taking him over Granky, but those top ten that we just named before, there's no way. Uh, he, the upside, the upside isn't better than any of those guys. Actually, I disagree. Right, I mean, upside for him is like his best season ever is like nine and a half K per nine, and like a two eight ERA, which is really good. But like, that's not Verlander, that's not Syndergaard, that's not Degrom, that's not Bauer this year. That's um, none of those guys. I I get it, but which one of those guys posted a sub three ERA four years in a row? Sure, but he's now two years away from that. I don't know. I, I listen. He's still having a good year. I like, know. I know. I know. I know. He is. He is. But I don't think the upside is better than any of those guys. Especially, I, you have to consider strikeouts. I mean, they're they're a real thing. I know you don't really care about them. No, 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 no. no. I care about them. I care about them. I care but about compiling them. strikeouts is a big thing, and all those guys compile strikeouts in large numbers. Well, listen. Where I what, the name I was thinking of right away is. Syndergaard, like who would I rather have next year going into the season? I'm taking Bob Garner over Syndergaard right now. I'm telling you right now, I'm taking Mad Bum 
over Syndergaard. I don't want the injury risk. I don't want the Mets risk. I don't want the player who had one and a half good seasons. I want the guy who is one and a half. Yeah, like like two full. All right, fine. One and three quarters. Okay. Um. Yeah, but oh, does it? You know what is, we forgot about? You know what we forgot about? Nola. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember when Aaron Nola was uh was being taken too high? God. I got that one right here finally. God, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, no all shit. Right. That's what I said. So, so all right. So bum for me, Bumgarner's probably either number ten or number eleven off the board. All right. So you said you were, you'd probably end up taking him over like Severino Snell. Oh, definitely over Snell. Snell, definitely without a doubt. Um, yeah, Severino, I'm I'm okay with him taking him over Snell. I'm probably taking Severino. I don't know. I love Mad Bum. Yeah, but doesn't Severino have more upside than Mad Bum? And they're pretty much they're like identical to what ERA right now. Right on a on a on a bad Severino. Year. Mad Bums never had a prolonged shit slope like Severino did. Yeah, but Se- dude, Severino's got him beat by like three K per nine. I know. And I get it. Listen, ERA. I know. Um, did we even mention Carrasco in those top ten? He's yeah, yeah, we did. Oh God, this is, you know what? I'm looking at these this pitching list right now. There's some freaking good ass guys that I want next year. It's it's the same as always though. It's like top heavy, and then you'll we'll hit thirty, and it'll be like, Bleh. I mean, there'll still be guys. Obviously, we uh we talk about we went like ninety deep to starting pitching this year. All right, let's talk about one more guy. Go, Kyle Hendricks, your boy, past oh. boy. So he sat at thirty one for starting pitcher <laughs> last year. He's fallen back a bit in his best asset in ERA. So do you think Hendricks will be in the mid-30s again? Or does he fall far enough that even I'm interested in? <laughs> uh, well, I hope he falls because even with the same ADP, I'm still taking uh, – I'm still taking – Hold wait, hold on a second. Yeah, you could, you could go, Joe. Yeah, I mean, so um, I don't know if I was wrong or – you guys were right or what? I mean, he wasn't as good as he's been in the past. Um, the ERA was 3.71, which climbed back up to its highest since 2015. Um, the the strikeouts are down to 7.5K per nine. The walks are also still down at 2.12 walks per nine. Um, he still doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. He still beats his estimators by a ton. Um he doesn't really have home run problems, so I mean he's 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 boring. He's, yeah, he's he's boring and safe. He's boring and safe, but he's there's nothing wrong with boring and safe, Joe. No, there's not. There's not. I mean, Hap is boring and safe. Keuchel is boring and safe. He's like the new. He's like he's like the much better version of Jake Odorizzi, basically, um, but not really. He's much 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 better. Um, listen, I, I I've always liked Hendricks. Um, I think that there's. Upside as far as the K's go, I think he could come back up around that eight mark, which is the magic number. You pair that with a, a, a really low 2.12 walks per nine. Um, and 
you know, the, the home runs, you could live at 1.11, but we'd like to see him come back down, which that was his bread and butter in 2015, 2016, when he posted those, that 2.13 year uh, ERA. He was down around 0 0.71, 0.85, and he plays in a favorable ballpark. There's a lot of positives I see in, uh, in Hendricks. Um, I like the stuff. I like the breaking stuff. He's a composed pitcher. I am all over him next year again. I don't care. It's just love is blind. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the beef with me that I have with him and guys like Keiko is that ERA is such a finicky stat. Um, it's a lot It's a lot like batting average in its own right that some years it's just going to be higher than it should be just based on the fact that there's a little bit more foot traffic or when, um, you know, when a, a, a hit should have been ruled an error, but it wasn't, and now there's two runners on and then you give up a home run instead of one runner on or, or no runners on um, those, so, those sorts of things happen. So ERA is kind of finicky like batting average. And I just don't really like investing in the low ERA guys, especially aging ones. I mean, Hendricks is still young. He's, he's still only like 28, 29, but he's got no velocity and that's similar to Keiko. Yeah. Um, so like this year, for example, right. Hendricks is only 8% better than league average in ERA at 3.7. Um, and that was my concern, right? I, I didn't, I, I predicted, I, this was pretty much the line I thought he'd, he'd give, like a 3.6, 3, 3.7 ERA, um, and the middling K per nine and good walks per nine, right? Like, this is exactly what I thought. Is this bad? No. Is it 31 good? Maybe not. But I understand, right, that you're paying up for the safety. No, right. This year he was an innings eater. Yeah, but I think that's that that's that's kind of his thing. I think that's kind of his thing. Um, I think if he's if he's like thirty seventh starting pitcher, I'd be more interested than like thirty. Right? Like I'd rather. Would you rather have Ray or Hendricks? Um, that's definitely based on team comp, but in a, in a vacuum, I'm. Uh, I'm probably taking – I hate to say it, but probably Hendricks. I don't really? Know. I like – listen, I, the upside in Ray is definitely better, but when you get to the, when you get to those later rounds, it's nice having a safe play with the IRA. And it's not exciting. It's not going to win you a championship. But Robbie Ray provides you with a lot of headaches. When you draft him, you need to go buy some Tynol and keep it stocked at all times. That's definitely true. The thing is, though, is that making up those strikeouts is very difficult. Granted, making up the ERA is hard, too. It is. Um, yeah, but I think making up those strikeouts is incredibly difficult. Agreed. All right. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? Um, yeah. This week, if you are out there... Oh, this is the football, this is the football this special? Football corner. All right, uh, if you're out there scrambling for a QB or... If you just want to go out and play some daily, you make sure you start Tyrod Taylor this week. He is going to light it up versus the New Orleans Saints. I'm talking something like 250 passing yards. You're talking something like 80 rushing yards. You're talking something like three total touchdowns. I'm talking like 30 overall points at least for my boy Tyrod this week. I love him. It's my start of the week. I feel like that's a really easy choice. Then the Saints give up like 40, 40 points or something it's like that. It's not easy because everyone hates Tyrod except for me. How many, how, many, how many points did the Saints give up? 
He was like 40, right? Insane. Yeah, even if even if he wasn't facing the same stuff, <laughs> I'm still talking about Tyrod. I'm talking about him every week. All right, Nick, where can they find you? You can find me at Nick FWO tweeting once a month, but the tweets are amazing. Trust me. You can find me at Joe FWO tweeting a little bit more than once a month, but they're probably not as good as Nick's. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Peace. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.